Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. We good? How's our energy going? Woo! Thank you. That was very helpful. Um, I'm going to steal something from a Beyonce concert I went to. Two things, actually. One, it wouldn't be formation without a costume change, so... Thank you. Uh, second, do a countdown with me. So I'm going to just say five and go five, four, three, two, one. So five... Nate and I are lying down in the skinny little bed. We're side by side, and I'm half afraid I'm going to fall off the edge. But it's okay, because we're holding hands. I hear a slow breath and the roar of a plane in descent, and I'm wondering where else our hands might go when the knob starts turning. No one else is home but Cyrus, and he's knocking now and saying way louder than he needs to, practically yelling, what are you doing? Why is the door locked? What are you doing? I feel Nate about to yell back. His shirt's tight and his chest's puffed out, so I put my hand over his mouth and I smile and point at the window. We climb out to the roof and clamber down. He jumps, so I do too, and we walk and walk, and when we finally stop, he says, that's me, and I say, that's nice, and I ask to kiss him, and he leans in. I run home to size, trying to beat Maybelline back. When I get there, the window in his room is still open, and her car is in the driveway. All she says when I lock the door is, it's late, Norman, and I tell her I was finishing a project. She doesn't say anything. There's a beeping, then a slamming. I feel frozen at the bottom of the stairs. Then she turns the corner and holds out a Chinese takeout box, steaming with chopsticks sticking out, and all I manage to say is no thanks before I hurry to Cyrus's room. He's in his bed and doesn't say a word, and I climb into the bottom bunk. At first, I'm relieved, but then I hear a rustling, then a moaning, and I immediately recognize what he's doing, even as I can't believe it. I'm getting hard, but all I can do is stay very still until he's done. I'm half asleep when I hear him say, Nate, I'm wide awake and ruined when he says, it's not fair. The next day, Maybelline, Cyrus, and I are eating dinner, Chicago deep dish pizza and barbecue wings, and she's being shady and hilarious about her coworkers, and I'm sucking on the bones to get all the meat off, when Cyrus goes, Norman had a boy over yesterday. When I tried to go in my room, it was locked. By the time I got it open, they were gone. I don't say a word. Maybelline picks up a packet of wet nap and tears it open from the corner. She wipes each finger carefully. Only when she's done does she look at me. She just looks, and all I can do is nod. Then she stands and tells Cyrus it's his turn to wash the dishes. Ma, that means Norman's a faggot. Norman's not my son. There's nothing I can do about any of that. You know better, and that's what I'm responsible for. You hear me? I don't want to live with a faggot. He's not my son, but he's still my boy, so shut your mouth with that word, Cyrus. She looks at me and waits for me to stand. I do, and I follow her into the living room. We watch the nanny as usual. During the commercial mix, she makes fun of grown-ups, and I laugh, and that's where we fall asleep that night, on the couch, and our spots, no end in sight. Thank you. And keep it going for Dexter, please. Say some professional Negro shit.
One, there's a boy who needs to speak, but his mouth is stuffed with a flag. I need both hands to help tug it out. The cloth is longer than you'd expect, the boy clearly in pain. When the flag is a pile of wet colors on the ground, the boy smiles, and I can see that his teeth are pills he grinds into dust. He is trying to tell me something about being. Two, every time a white man dresses in blackface, a crow unzips itself and a black baby falls out. A Virginia governor's college yearbook went national with the photo of a man in the Klan robe and another in blackface. Every day Mickey Mouse puts on his gloves, a white man grows wings. The, government, the governor swore it wasn't his after claiming it was. He swore it wasn't because he remembered another time he wore blackface as Michael Jackson. Recap, a white man in power dressed as a black man who looked like a white man and maybe molested white children. Blackface? Whiteface? When questioned about this, my mother says it doesn't matter. It's about what he does for black people now, not what he did in college. I take a pill every time a black mother cries on the news. I smoke a joint every time another anchor says the cop who killed me will walk away. Every black baby is named Jim Crow. Three, scholar W.T. Lamont says that Thomas Rice, the first Jim Crow, was really subversive. That because his retelling of Othello left Desdemona alive and with a Negro offspring, Rice was saying to his white audience what black folk wanted to but couldn't. He disarmed audiences with his mask. How foolish the Negro Jim Crow looks. But at his heart, he's not a crow or a nigger. This white man can speak and he can jump Jim Crow. Have I lost my words? I have. I am a black man in an eggshell world. I am a, a black man in a world made for pearls. Have I lost my nerve? I have. I am a black man afraid to love ghosts afraid of what they carry in their mouths, their jaws full of sharp red glass. Four, and if you look to your left, just near the trees, you'll see a black woman leaping from a garret window. She does this every day, forever. Each morning, the white man tells her she's been sold. She and her children are going to Georgia, but she can't say goodbye to her husband because, well, she's a fucking slave and niggers don't get the luxury of farewells. So each night, she launches herself from the window. She cannot die spends days in the air, held in the arc of the sky, given nothing. Let's write a version where she floats her Mary Poppins best down the street. In this version, you can sing your children back into your womb, and she does. They crawl out into the sky and pack themselves into her stomach. There's space for them all here. Here, all black women singing raises the dead. Five, there's a mosque in my throat. A skinhead appears and reads from his manifesto. It is long. As he reads, other white nationalists gather to hear. We are smashed into the church. White bodies pile in through the door, spill over and consume the pews. White bodies spill in through the windows and come up through the floorboards like trolls. There's a mosque in my throat. There are red hats inside of every book in the church. I know this. The skinhead reads from his manifesto, long live the peach-faced god of disillusion. If you wash yourself in the river of dark and blood, if you exfoliate the chambers of your heart in the river of dark and blood, if you purify your race in the river of dark money and piss, you can press into him, become him. I listen to every word, and when he is done, he opens my mouth and says, there is now a church in your throat. It's a mosque. It doesn't matter. He climbs inside. My heart doesn't break. It bursts. It regenerates. It bursts again. My heart is a forest. It is black. And in that forest, the trees bear fruit resembling statues of Aunt Jemima. Correction, the trees are Aunt Jemima statues. My heart is black. It is a forest where trees don't grow.
Thank you. All right. Keep giving it up for Lisa. Hi, everyone. I'm reading an, uh, an excerpt from a short story entitled Infantile Us. Um, it's about a woman who may or may not be pregnant and is thinking about how to tell her lover of sorts. Um, this is a piece of fiction. It may or may not resemble my life. <clears throat> his arms circled my waist and his hands pocketed inside my smock. He expected it, but I didn't arch back in, and into his affection. In my old life, I used to be like him, desperate and expecting, but not a pushy bottom though, just a bottom, a sub, kiln. Why are you being weird? He nuzzled the words into my neck his chest pressed against my shoulder blades. The door slams when you don't hold it, I said, into the boxes. He breathed out, it was gruff, a warning. You know I know that, I felt his shrug behind me, why bring it up? He wouldn't leave me until I returned his press. It was a power move, his was overt. I couldn't distract him like the others, he had an incessant need to confirm his place in my world, his access. Why discuss it, he said rougher this time. His hands found my hips. The tips of his fingers willed me to arch my back into his push, I didn't. He had never experienced this type of still from me. Emotional still, yes. Physical, never. The room was temperate and darker than the main room where we served coffee. We hadn't opened yet. There was just his breath and mine and the possibility of the manager or any other worker finding the 26-year-old assistant manager pressing a 34-year-old ex-lawyer, ex-teacher, maybe knocked up barista up against the wall of Colombian dark roast. Jill, I said. He stiffened. I'd never said his name. I'd never cared to make fun of a guy named Jill. He went by Jay or Ill in college. I called him. I never called him. But his mother called him Jill, short for Jillian. He hated it and only, would only allow his mother. Really, he couldn't stop her. That was part of his undoing. Woman he couldn't control. Woman he couldn't make love him more than required. I'm Haitian, he announced when we first met. Well, you look Irish, homie, I replied. <laughs> he was fair with freckles and broad shoulders. He was non-distinct racially. In the amalgam that was Brooklyn, he could have been anything. People had made a point to say the unexpected about his unexpected looks. I didn't. I wasn't interested when he leaned into my shrug looking for acknowledgement. I wasn't beginning to chase as he had described it. Post the firm, my life was a mixture of exes and career non sequiturs. A young, bearded, burgundy-headed Haitian was of little interest to me. But from his perspective, I was the type of woman who after a romp would stand above his head and smash his clavicle with ease using the bluntest part of my heel. I was attracted to his version of me. Throughout our time together, part of me had wanted to care enough to stroke his ego, but I'd stopped faking orgasms in my 20s, and I had little left in me to care about shit else. Besides, he was pure in a way, unburdened by what this world did with blackness as an existential crisis. With his breath on my neck, I said Jill, again, without inflection. My weariness bounced off the wall of Colombian dark rose. He leaned away. It felt cool where my back, where, where he had pressed his chest. He pulled at my hip bones, forcing me to meet his affection. It was sad the way he gave up, the way he took it. He grabbed his smock on the way out and let the door ease into the jam. They say a man's ejaculation has addictive properties, nature at its best. 
I told him I liked the heat of it on my lower belly. I, t I meant pull out. I meant don't knock me up. The question of something occupying space within my body entered my life impolitely. I thought about it all day as Jill and I avoided each other in a coffee shop. Um, but I knew I should tell him about the possibility in my uterus. His silence was, an intended, was intended as a punishment, an extended sanction that loomed. He invoked it whenever I made clear the whimsy of our infantile passing brush against one another. Um, and thanks, guys. Next up is Laura Roque. Hi. So this is the first section of a short story titled Lady Ghost Rules. Javier Gavilan and I met six years ago when I brought his drunk roommate home. Not to smash, but to keep someone from calling the cops on him for sleeping between urinals at Salty Dog. The line to the girls' bathroom had left me with no choice but to raise a leg and rescue what I found. Javi's impeccable fade, recently done tape, intimidating jawline and emerald eyes received us on their porch. And I ended up staying over until graduation, when we moved back to Hialeah together. Now we're dead and stuck in our house, where we materialized after the brakes failed on Javi's Mustang and El Comemieta drove us into one of the canals on Red Road on our way to my cousin Delkis's baby shower in Kendall. You can't ignore me forever, Bianca, he says, passing through the door into the bedroom, appearing beside me. Au contraire, mademoiselle. I've burned landfills of negativity from my life just by ignoring people forever. Constance, our German shepherd, is clawing at the wood to get to us, whining through the rift under the door. It's my fault the door is locked. On the day we went free diving forever, as we unknowingly got ready to never come back with pulses, a fight over Javier's limited interaction with the vacuum or flushing Q-tips escalated, and I'd sentenced him to a night on the couch by locking the bedroom. The key is likely in the sunken Mustang, currently swimming with the radioactive canal fishies that dads in Hialeah still catch and feed to their families, porque las cosas están duras. I just want to cuddle with my dog, tell my cousin Delcas I'm sorry and that I miss her, tell Javi's mom her son is like a pimple and I need the universe to transport him somewhere I'm not, maybe hell or the gym. In life, he'd spend more time touching dumbbells than me anyway. I pass through Javier and cup the doorknob with both hands, shake it frantically like a dice player trying to win it all back. We're stuck here, Javi says at my cheek, together. His breath smells like a breeze. Constance sighs loudly, decides to lie against the door. I take off my clothes in silence, watch them go from a translucence matching the rest of me to their original colors, then get in bed, close my eyes even though we don't need sleep. I've wandered the house for a week, neither energized or tired, channeling the very limbo we inhabit as I organize cutlery we'll never use again cuddled t-shirts into halter crop tops, or stood and breathed in the two yoga poses I remember. The only act that seemed to offer a hint of life, ventured remotely close to the elation of one's first sip of morning cafecito, was putting Javier Gavilan in his place. I open an eye to see he's gone on his knees, hands cut by my face in prayer. Talk to me, Bianca. Grow up. Few people would be interested in talking to the man who killed them, I say calmly, but my words are swallowed by a car horn outside. Someone's rigged it to sound like a train. Keke, he says, and I leap out of bed like I'm late for work, walk to the bookshelf against the wall, goodies jiggling, grab one of my law textbooks and chuck it at his semi-transparent egghead. He isn't prepared, so the corner clonks him on the forehead. Remember that time I took you to the dealership, I ask? Dropped you off? I toss corporate law for dummies on his stupid Lord of the Rings ring fellowship, and they go through him, crater the drywall. I told you to leave in a newer car, Javier. It didn't have to be reggaeton new, just newer, a 2009 Toyota Camry. He curls into a ball 
cups his hands over his ears, and I'm tossing Sue and Yo Quiero Ser Tu Abogado and Master's Guide to Taxing, the words of my unfinished law career, like I'm playing a basketball arcade game. They disappear into the barriers of his body, like I've thrown them in water. And you Ubered home! That car never failed me, he says into the carpet. I had it since high school. You didn't even have a window hammer, Javier. Miami is a swamp. Constance starts howling and my head throbs. The afterlife will make sleep and hunger obsolete, but apparently has use for pain. I'm, tent I'm tempted to spit at Javi, still pathetic on the floor. We've never crossed that line, so I tip the bookshelf over, pass through the door and into the kitchen to feed the dog again. Thank you. Give it up for Marcus. Jesus, all right. Heredia becomes American for my mom. One, los casquillos son árbol con ventanas. Mama says to say skyscrapers because that's what we're supposed to call them now. People inside the trees can see us fly to them. This is how they accept us, Papa says. They are hummingbirds singing inside the crown. El sol de ellos es mío también. I cannot wait for the rest of their boughs to watch the sun the way that they do. Un feliz perioso asleep in the security of skyscrapers. Heredia never grew. Two. The red-eyed tree frog can be found inside the rainforest of Costa Rica. Eyes glow the color of blood to ward off hunters. Suction cups are toes used to, or suction cup toes are used to climb branches to reach the tops of leaves. The red-eyed tree frog only looks for partners in the rain. Gray clouds to ward off heat and liquid to slip out of claws. When they are ready, they lay eggs on the underside of leaves hanging just above the water. Three, I want a terrier. Until, my until I told my mother. She refused to allow a terrier into the house because they pee on things. That's just what they do. They pee on things. I still wanted a terrier because I knew I could love it. Though my mother once tried to pet a dog at a friend's party until the teeth ate through her windbreaker's arm. Four, this land is my land. This land is land. From California to your island. From the forest to the water, this land was made for me. Number five, yellow-bellied sea snakes absorb a third of their oxygen from seawater. They are marvelously slim, which makes their movements subtle as they hunt for food within aquatic life. The yellow-bellied sea snake can eat several frog's eggs from under a leaf in just one bite. Six, at 19, the Virgen de Guadalupe stares at my mother's uterus. Picket signs are ventriloquist dummies whittled by Bible verses translated by white kings. My dad holds his hands over her ears, but his black skin makes them hate him too. She doesn't want to disappoint her own mom, so she eats the screams. On mute, her thighs are worn by blood she was not ready to know. On mute, a green shawl watches her without judgment. Seven. Pinche pera malo, pendejo, pera malo, stupida puta. The northern cat-eyed snake, scientifically known as the Leptoridae, colloquially known as, oh shit, has a bite that only affects a human's pain receptor as much as a bee sting since its venom is too mild to stun. No matter, when the northern cat-eyed snake is hungry and cannot find an adult red-eyed tree frog, tadpoles dropped into the water by betraying rain will make an exquisite meal. Nine, the other kids are laughing without me. Pero como se dice, where's the bathroom, in English? I don't know, and no one will tell me. Does it translate to, please stop threatening my auburn hair? 
Please stop telling me my tiara is rusted. If I turn my hair yellow, will you stop laughing? I do not know how to talk to teacher, and now my feet drown in pee. Teacher thinks that's just what I do. My nose is wet, shame rubbed into urine stains. Hummingbirds now have fangs. They swim in the yellow around my ankles. They hiss like bombs that take skyscrapers away from the eyes of airplanes. 10. At 59, my mother finds a picture of herself in the third grade. She has dyed her hair blonde since the 80s, but here she was. My nose is so big here, right? She says. No, her nose is just fine. Her hair is a life-giving shade of tree bark, a window for whites to see a tika's crown. There is a smile despite venom as it protects her tongue from snakes. Last and certainly not least, Vanessa. No shame in being short. <clears throat> Thank you all so much for being tonight. One final round of applause for Brian, Lisa, and Tisha for all of this organizing and planning labor. This poem is called Function, Root, Future. Year zero, matrilineal, repeat, cycle, inherit, does not exist. Zero, Carmen, blooming ranch fields, a throat packed with cotton, no choice but to marry her eldest off to the hoof-beaten storm. Zero, Angelica, escape the hoof-beaten storm, escape the garnet-eyed doctor, escape the stillborn country that pummels you to rags. Zero, Silvia, English synonyms for future, escape, amnesty, green card, possibility, dream, I promise, I will, I do, pregnant, labor, indebted, hospitalized, soul, provider, burden, loan, insufficient, zero, Vanessa. Witness this pattern now cycling into me. Again, lost eddies of time, lost again. I submerge my body in the river of unclaimed memory, swim again to its cervix and speak into the sea. I did everything I was supposed to do, and still an unbroken line of broken lines. One, Joaquin, if someone is going to make it out of this dream alive, let it be you unbraiding from me. Let it be that this cord, its arcing line, when viewed from above, is an infinite field and let the field open for you like a bell, its bend veined with a lace of new stars. And let each new star echo on earth as a blossom, bursting from the black so that you, born from this blood-dark grief, marbled with error, can still be perfect. Let every good beast carry you in its eye, open with wild knowing, and let every sagging telephone line carry my voice to you when I'm gone, when you're lonely or scared, and in a sleep-sopped drift, you'll think you hear me in the kitchen, 
And yes, there we are again, reflected in the bend of the steel spoon, the milk still spinning as we lick off the chocolate. And there we are again in the rust-burnt dusk, embers whirling off the mountainside, the last sight we'll have of an ocean. And yes, I'm sorry. I am so, so sorry. What else could I have done to stop the, st the cell from splitting? Year one, set, patrilineal, new, AD, T equals timeline, D equals discovery, conquest, 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 start chronometer, start collective memory, start archive. Before the ship's arrival, there is no history. Any subject exhibiting any of the following conditions will be removed and denied re-entry into real time, undocumented, uncivilized, uncontrollable, unskilled, unwell, unaccompanied, unassimilated, uncolonized, unclean, unintelligible, precarious prey. And after the coral bleaches to bone and the poles thaw and the clouds shatter a searing rain, the SpaceX colony will have already built an electromagnetic wall to border its orbit. And in the field, the bent workers will still scoop tender chard under a burning sky for the empire. And even the mountains will kneel in witness and surrender to the sinking to greet once again that same ancient ocean. And when the last elephant falls and we know the end of memory and time will go white and the future white and the past white wiped immaculate of fault all time collapsed into a single line all histories consumed by the official record and its impeccable family lines traced back through the whitened field itself so straight and us broken in broken trees to make way for the future progressing ever forward in a line of suns, but any voyage that assumes a forward course will loop to its origin and cross itself, and so the compass rose will enclose the world into the shape of a gun sight, and when there are no new lands to map in blood, how pale will the last horse of the last sunrise look underwater? Learn from this, little one. Time was never a line but a field, and you are occurring alongside the past. And when I recognize Abuelito's laugh in you, or offer a bending lily to the dead, we are born and born and together again. And every minute, I choose you. Choose to fight and don't drive off the mountain. I encounter the infinite as the will to survive. Lisa and I would like to ask all the readers to come back up. Jonathan and Douglas, Krishna, Lisa, Muriel, Brian Dexter, Laura, Marcus, and Vanessa for one final round of applause. We want to thank all of you for coming out tonight and supporting us and for being part of this community. We're going to hang out for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, if you have questions, if you want to talk to people, we have four of the people um, here today who have books. They're willing to sign them. Douglas, 
Dexter, Vanessa, Muriel have their books here if you want to purchase them and um, see them about that. Um, we also have purchased from Black-Owned Bakery in Lamert Park, Southern Girl Desserts, uh, Mini Cupcakes. The vanillas are gluten-free, so if you're gluten-free, you need uh, to get a vanilla one. Um, there's also business cards if you want to support Black-Owned Businesses in Lamert Park. You can pick up a business card. We have wine, and we'd like to invite you all to partake with us. We also have one extra special thank you because none of this would have happened if it wasn't for this man right here. This guy. This person. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.